Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. This is a different podcast. This is an interview with David Hernandez at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in March 2017. And we spend a lot of time talking about love and technology. I should maybe phrase it passion, hard work, love and technology. He takes existing tools, using them powerfully with data to help smaller artists, and especially in Latin genres, find their community their connection, expand their time spent listening, and really help them grow their audiences and community. Enjoy this session. Oh, I'll be a little uh, philosophical, and then I'll explain more in like industry terms. So what I see what we do is we're encapsulating like human memory, human creation, and we're storing it and administering it for future generations to enjoy. You know, okay. In a way that the creator can uh, enjoy the financial benefits of it. Time travel with payoff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, that's how I see what we do. Right at the current time, we're an aggregator. So we aggregate content to digital services such as Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Pandora. And we also have a network on YouTube on which we handle um you know, YouTube celebrities, artists, record labels. We also work with uh, songwriters, publishers, and we administer their rights. We monetize them and make money for them. For all genres, some for genres. all genres. So okay. we st- I started, I, I'm going to say I, I, we, I started with the Latin genre because that's what I knew. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm proudly from Jalisco, Mexico. So that's what I knew. I grew up playing music. I played the, the drums as well. Everybody in my family were all musicians, and my sisters are actresses, and my dad is an incredible musician. And your kids, too? My kids love my daughter. You know, at the time, she's six years old, but she's like, <laughs> she's like wants to be a superstar, you know, like all little kids. See, see what you're doing to your own <laughs> children? So, but you started out then in Latin music, which... Yeah oftentimes doesn't get discussed on some of the things happening, which you and I've been talking about exactly. a bit. Um, and then have gone to broader genres? Yeah, so now we're uh, starting to get into like country, hip-hop, uh, R&B, Americana, uh, K-pop, and we're starting to expand. K-pop, yes, wow. K-pop. Okay. It's really interesting, you know. Um, I just got back from Korea, and the scene there, it's really cool. It's really interesting. You know, it's going on culturally, socioeconomically. It's really inspiring, and it's very, very cool. So mm. you are a digital distribution house overall then that's providing services as well as distribution yes yes and we uh advise people on uh, like best practices for marketing rights management how to protect their content to the you know we're not attorneys but we guide them like who they can speak with and then we um, maximize their content and really push it so it can get more traffic they can monetize better and generate Revenue. Yeah. So you're on YouTube. You're a multi-channel network. You have yes. many channels. Then, yes. how many different channels do you guys have? At the very moment, we generate over two billion minutes a month. Wow. Yes, at the moment, in one of our networks. Okay. You know, aggregated, it's uh, several million, many million views a month. And then, how how have you kind of grown into this space? First of all, love and passion. You know, I really love, really, really love what I do. I love helping. Um, like, I think what's really led me to grow even more, it's the fact that we come with a small record label or a small artist, and their content is out there. However, 
it's growing it's people are listening to it people are purchasing it but we can come in create strategies and really grow it and it's really neat to see like year to year the growth in traffic and views i mean minutes watched you know shares and ultimately revenue so they can keep so this artistic people can keep creating their art in many ways we bypass like what a label would do like we help them keep the rights and so you aren't being the label for them you're no. being the distributor for independent artists with their own essential labels yes and also to independent record labels mm -hmm. so we're really helping them to maximize their content yeah it's really really it's very rewarding it's very incredibly rewarding so year over year what type of trends are you seeing i really see a really big push of course everybody's pushing for vr mm -hmm. um well, especially here at south by southwest yeah. that there's VR in about every fifth panel, it seems. Exactly, exactly. However, in Latin America, I'm really positive and really hopeful of the adoption of VR. Mm -hmm. You know, because of the uh, certain things. I haven't really seen it. And as 2017, I haven't really seen it really take off. Mm -hmm. People think it's really cool. But people are still stuck on the regular video, which is okay. You know? The flatties, as people the have flatties. been calling it. The flatties. Yeah, they're still in the flatties. <laughs> Um, a huge trend trend I do see it's the some people are kind of falling off because of this new marketing I kind of feel it might be getting a little saturated in the distribution channels mm -hmm. I mean for, for video and music overall for, for video and music yeah mm -hmm. so that's when one needs to be creative mm -hmm. and push the content so it could be discovered so a trend I feel at least for us mm -hmm. you know in practice not in theory but in practice is a big push towards the content discovery the main way to do that is by really creating and really feeding our own audiences and helping our clients helping the content creators build their audiences and just feed them what does that mean you could say digital fans okay digital fans and or, or and fan armies as people have been fan, referring to fan, fan yeah. armies so i'm sure you know a lot of people have spoken about this you know but I think curation is going to become more and more important and being extremely creative with all of this. Sort of the, the equivalent of binge viewing on Netflix, but having yeah. in-depth binge listening in community. Yes, and really using data to uh, understand this community. Mm -hmm. That's another big thing that we're focusing on in mining all this data, really understanding who's watching, who's listening to us, how long they're there for, you know, really trying to understand their listening patterns and the people that look like. So yeah. how do you do that? What tools do you use with your uh, artists other than the traditional, should say, traditional air quotes, um, dashboards that you would get for YouTube? Something very basic and, mm -hmm. you know, anybody could do is uh, do, do lead generation. Start capturing emails, uh, phone numbers if you can. You know, uh, there are some really cool lead generation things on Facebook right now where you can get all of the person's information and you can just keep it and store it and uh, through facebook yeah you can do it through facebook mm -hmm. it's really and that's another part well that's another thing that we're moving really heavily into mm -hmm. really aggregating all these facebook followers that we currently have access to getting all that data and uh really understanding it creating lookalike audiences and marketing the, our clients contents in you said lookalike audiences yeah so um i mean there's several ways to describe it mm -hmm. the best possible the best way i could describe it is just how it sounds people that look mm -hmm. like you know so you know and we just market to that 
this podcast is generally about innovation in music. Oftentimes we'll have technology companies or someone who's doing some cool tech tool. Sounds like the innovation that you do is bringing current tools to smaller artists to help empower them to be innovative in their own spaces. Yes, and really guiding them to using them. Uh, In our case, though, it is us doing a lot of the work Mm -hmm. because some of these artists or label or rights holders, they really just don't know how to use like even a computer mm-hmm. because of the demographic that we're working with uh, mainly which is the latin demographic so we're really helping them empowering them we're really giving them a very customized service mm-hmm. to really help them grow and it's really cool to see them grow and also see them grow in it, this all translates if they have an a- active artist and not just catalogs mm-hmm. it all translates into live performances and it does, though. And so part of it yeah. is there, there tends to be the comment, well, we'll you know, with streaming, we'll make it up in volume. We'll make it up in live performance. You're saying that it is showing up. It is showing up. Yes, it is showing up. And especially because now we can target in a very good way where most of these listeners are. Mm-hmm. We tell our clients, hey, this is where you have the most traffic. This is where people are listening to you the most. And they go and target those places and they're able to sell book uh, dates at a at a little bit of a higher cost. Oftentimes we'll take a look at what is creating innovation in music. You're kind of seeing innovation coming from your many Latin artists, from them realizing that they need, what's what sort of driving the innovation that your clients and the artists that you work with are, are stepping into? I really believe there is a lot of innovation that could be done. Mm-hmm. However, this innovation could be done better if you get the basics right. Mm-hmm. Starting from just the very basic metadata of the content and building on that. Once you have all this information and all this aggregated content, if you have an innovative platform to use it on, it's much more powerful. So how does an artist end up coming to you or vice versa? You're coming to an artist saying it's time to start working together given all the changes going on, what's the trigger for someone saying, I'm ready to take this next step? They don't know they're ready. In our case, they don't know they're ready. Okay. Because um, we actually go to them and show them, this is what we recommend you should do. This is your content as it stands. This is what we see. Because we go in and check out their existing content and see if there's room to help them out. And if there is, we approach them or by word of mouth, the, you know, other people are very happy with the results. So they send uh, referrals to us Um, because we really don't do a lot of marketing Mm -hmm. uh, because we're we're very we're actually very selective of who we work with. Mm -hmm. We do work with some independent artists. However, we want to work with people that want to keep creating content constantly. That's the best way to help them and really help them grow. We work with whoever wants to work and wants to succeed and wants to get ahead. How do you decide what technologies to bring into the fold that you work with clients around? Well, we already have a set of technologies that we use internally, mm-hmm. and that's what we use. So we have a, uh, our own platform in which we ingest the content. Then we distribute it into to the different uh, u- music services, and we also work very closely with YouTube, and we're developing our own platform on which we're monetizing Facebook um, and uh, promoting Facebook uh, fan pages as well innovation comes from putting all this together and making them work together and being creative with the content they have to work with all these technologies 
you know i'm not trying we're not trying to reinvent the wheel mm -hmm. like there is already so many good things to work on and we are just trying to st to stay up to speed by always looking around seeing where things are headed and right now the biggest thing the biggest innovation i guess you could say is uh protecting those rights that the that these creators have created protecting the rights and being on top of our game to seeing what's next what other platform or where are people consuming this content so we can be there as soon as possible distribute our content and generate revenue and for our clients and help them grow into different areas that otherwise they were not going to grow so one thing that we've heard some commentary on is that it's sort of a one percenters business that about one percent of artists are doing well and or it depends on how you measure it etc when we were talking before we started recording you were commenting that pretty much all your artists are doing fairly well in, in a digital world. Can you comment on yes, that? Yes. So all of our clients, we work with uh, medi small, medium, and large catalogs mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. um, the record the I guess you could say the record labels or content owners, mm -hmm. they're doing very well with us. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the revenue everybody's making, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's incredible. It's fantastic especially looking at where we started or where they where they were in a different place mm -hmm. to now it's it's very rewarding to see that mm -hmm. and some of the independent artists that we do work with the revenue they're generating you know compared to what they were making at a major label which in some cases was nothing mm -hmm. unfortunately but uh, again the major label you have to look at expenses a label had so they have to discount it from or advances or things like that so you have to put it in perspective as well However, they're very happy because now some of these artists for the first time in their careers are actually seeing revenue come back from their content. And being able to take that data yeah. and then pursue that in live performance. Yes, yes, and use it. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, we see some extremely clever artists that we're working with and uh, companies, they're go going back to data, it's, they're using it to their benefit on Facebook and Instagram and just growing those audiences extremely fast and audiences that can activate not just numbers exactly they actually represent watch time traffic uh and uh, there's not to, in 2017 there is still some sales mm -hmm. so you know they're actually selling they're actually selling content like on itunes on amazon on uh on, YouTube, on uh, google play yeah uh, the lands the lands of still downloads yeah people are still downloading and it's really cool to see that and especially with the marketing these people are doing, like you do have sales. It's it's incredible. Are there any case studies or examples you'd be comfortable sharing? Yeah. So there's uh, we you know there's this company uh, that we're working with, and I'm very they're very admirable people. They're very clever young guys that we're working together with. They have this young uh, singer from Mexico. She's extremely talented. Uh, from Chris from Christmas of 2016 till uh, recently, they've grown her audience, I believe now about a million people on wow. Facebook, from like 20,000 to a million. We're close to a million today. And on on YouTube, it's insane the growth that she's had. And what's the artist's name? Uh, her name is uh, Carolina Ross. Okay. Yeah, and these guys are just incredible group of guys. Uh, the, a lot, many of the artists that we work with, they've already had some sort of career, or the labels have had some sort of career prior to working with us. Mm -hmm. um, in this particular case, it's a very good relationship that we have with these incredible guys that work with her, and we've, we're creating a very good uh, working atmosphere. 
and she has really grown dramatically and also on youtube is just millions of views a month now wow. versus a couple thousand a day it's just millions it's it's incredible from and the a lot of that's now. working on the numbers in the system and yeah. the data to be able to then connect up more content to similar type fans yes i i bring her up mm-hmm. and we're talking about innovation mm-hmm. but i would like to point out that in order to have innovation you really need to work hard you cannot just sit on your butt all day waiting for innovation to come and solve all your problems and do the work for you. You can't. Innovation or no innovation, you have to really put in the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. And our clients know that. That's going back to where I was telling you that we're selective with our clients. We want to work with people who want to work. Because if they don't do their part, our part is it will work. However, they need to keep coming up with content. We need to keep feeding the machine because things, people's attention span is so short that we need to keep being on them, on their feet, being discoverable as much as possible because they like you now and they'll forget in two minutes that you exist. So one has to really, really work. In artists today, I don't think, unless you're a major artist and have these crazy budgets behind you for mm-hmm. promotion, and it's an incredibly good song that just everybody loves as soon as they hear it. And even so, if you don't have these big budgets and you have an amazing song, if you don't have the, that discovery and it's like in front of you at all times, you're going to forget about it, even if it's a great song. You know, the innovation, I believe, comes from love, passion, and hard work. And if you don't have those, you can have a robot come in and do everything for you. However, if you don't have content to feed that robot or that AI software or whatever you call yeah. it in your, you know, today, next year or 10 years from now, hard work just beats anything, regardless of the technology that we have. So where, in addition to hard work, where do you see changes needing to come up the pike or things that are things that are kind of on your wish list to come in to help you work with the wonderful brands uh, of, of music that you work with at least in our case right now i know that's changing because we're branching out to different genres and it's culturally different i would love for the brands that we work with to come in and understand our culture the latin culture a bit more or a lot more and see us for see the potential that re- there really is because a proof of it, it's here, South South by. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people, you have this Latin music, one little small venue here, another small venue there, and it's really not so big. And not to diminish anybody, but the Latin a- acts they bring here, it's mainly um, pop, alternative, you know, reg- uh, some form of reggae. It's great music. These are great artists. In reality, though, what brands and companies are not paying attention to is that the reality of America, the majority of Hispanics are listening to regional Mexican, mm-hmm. to banda, corridos, ranchera. Uh, and, you know, you come to these events and you don't see any push for that. No, that's this event, though, but there are yeah. events that do highlight, showcase, celebrate, connect. Yes, and even so, those acts are more they're either more mainstream or more on the pop side. 
I have yet to see a true regional push and presence and understanding, a true regional Mexican. I mean, it's called regional Mexican, and that encompasses the whole genre. But in reality, the main genre that's most listened to is musica norteña, norteño mm -hmm. music. You know, that's the, there's really not, not a genuine push, maybe not an interest, or maybe there's just a disconnect on that. So, so is that a is that an opportunity to fill that gap somehow? That is a huge opportunity, and okay. it's really exciting, and that's what I am pushing for with mm -hmm. tons of passion and commitment to uh, our clients. Yeah. Cool. And folks listening to this won't see the expression on his face, which totally matches that that sense of of passion with this topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a lot of it is is also getting to the brands to engage and be, by advertising and other things around these artists. It, yes. How's that working with the data and trying to communicate with folks who may not be connecting at major events to different genres of Latin music? That's where the data comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the data comes in. We show the retention, we show the time spent on a certain piece of content and you know, I do see some brands beginning to pay attention and see, like, whoa, you know, we're targeting this millennial, Hispanic millennial, but we're targeting them as, if they, I mean, yeah, they are maybe second, third generation. I'm 1.5 generation. Okay. So I'm, I'm a 1.5. I'm a first generation here in the United States, but I'm considered 1.5 because uh, I came here at, at the age of nine, you know, and I, I won the lottery when I came here, by the way this country there's a really cool um saying in one of white clef's uh songs i forget the name of the song but uh he says i won the lottery when my parents brought me to america mm. and that just stuck to, I, I love white clef by the way he's an incredible artist i you know his message i connect a lot with it you know mm. it's really cool he's an incredible incredible artist um but um you know i'm, I'm 1.5er because i came to the country young enough to uh acculturate myself with the American culture. Mm -hmm. However, I'm in these two worlds that I'm still very bonded to my Mexican roots, and I'm very proud of that, but I'm also a cultured with the American way of life. And um, the advertisers and marketers though, I, I really don't know how to explain it, but they're targeting the first 1.5, second and third generations. The same. In the same mm -hmm. and in a way that doesn't really appeal, that might appeal more to a um, Miami East Coast Latino in New York City mm -hmm. or in Miami versus the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. Or it'll appear, appeal more to an upper class Hispanic in L.A. That's just the truth of the matter. And they need to realize that there is, you know, this, you got to look at the socioeconomic, the roots and really speak the language of us, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I don't really feel that there's much understanding of that yet. A good case study of that was a couple of years ago, Cricket. Mm -hmm. Cricket did an amazing job. The, the mobile phone. The mobile phone company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, before they got bought out by AT&T, they also had a service called Move Music. We were just talking about that yesterday uh, with some uh, incredible folks from Warner and uh, other companies we, we were having a really good conversation about it and you know me growing up and seeing how cricket marketed to the community they knew the language they knew the needs they knew that for instance in california um 
my family members, you know, some of them didn't have a driver's license uh, or were undocumented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you couldn't really get a credit check mm-hmm. to get a phone. So Cricket spoke the language. Come with us with your consular card and you will get a phone. Plus, you will get free music. Yeah, they were, they were some of the early folks or the, for that yeah. time period providing music as part of the package, understanding it was part of part of the sale and part of the community around the phone. Yes, and all of us, uh, all of the aggregators I speak with and even our numbers w- through Move Music were incredible as mm-hmm. far as music goes, as far as revenue goes. So, and as far as devices, you know, they really just, it was just incredible. They really understood, the marketing team at Cricket really, really understood the demographic. Mm-hmm. And I really think AT&T did a big mistake by not following up to that because they had this giant, super, extremely loyal fan mm-hmm. consumer base mm-hmm. that they they to- totally obliterated. They just destroyed them. You know, so I haven't really seen that type of marketing yet. And I am hopefully we at Colonize can help the market, the branding that we're starting to do and the product placements and the positioning and the inventory sales. Uh, I hope we can help them understand this demographic better. Mm-hmm. It'll be w- much more powerful to the advertiser. Their ROI will be better and you'll have a loyal customer for an extremely long time. So we've been talking a lot about what you guys are doing. Are there maybe one or two other companies or organizations that you think are heading in powerful ways that you admire? The inspiration for colonizers is uh, from Elon Musk, you know, because ah, of colonizing okay. Mars. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're like, oh, so we're kind I of thought it was more of a commentary on colonization somehow. Oh, yeah, no, it's more of like colonizing a new space where new frontiers, new oh, ideas, okay. new things. That's where it comes from, you know. So I'm sitting there in front of uh, one of my partners, uh, or my partner, you know, I'm sitting there, we're talking about a name, you know, uh, and we're like, we're just thinking, you know, and we're also uh, like the legalities of the trademark and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how about colonize? He's like, colonize? That's really cool. I'm like, yeah, because we're colonizing a new space. It's a new frontier. It's a new thing. And, you know, I really, I was just thinking of Elon Musk at the moment because of Mars and all those things that happening, you know. Um, so that's really exciting to me what's going on you know I really believe in the next five years you know in 2017 now and in the next five years we're going to see some incredible technological advances just incredibly insane in you know in the bio um, science like like just in health and uh, currency you know I really believe some uh, places in the world are going to bypass a lot of the technology we know and they're going to be ahead mm-hmm. in some ways and you see that happening already with the way people use digital currency in different places to ex- barter pretty much in some places they barter like data for a product mm-hmm. or food you know it's it's really interesting and another um, person I've been following for a very long time since before he was so well known uh, was Gary Vaynerchuk you know <laughs> I mean oh, everybody yeah. knows him now not everybody so who is he for people who don't know who he is Gary Vaynerchuk is a Marketing amazing person. He's an incredible (laughs) just, well, it goes back to what I was talking about, innovation, Mm -hmm. you know, about working hard. You can have all these technologies, but if you don't sit down and really work, nothing is going to happen. You know, I really believe that. And he speaks to that, like, like, you know, he drops the F-bombs all the time, but he does it because of passion. And I, you know, I agree with him. Like, you really got to work, you know. Um, It's like, 
I believe like having innovation, it's like having talents. But if you don't have this, if you don't work out these talents, you know, innovation isn't going to come and save you or grow you, you know. It helps a lot. Um, however, you got to work hard and and have like a long-term dream and goals and passion to get this technologies and innovation to work. So we've had a great conversation, taking a look at pieces of the puzzle of what you've built for Colonize, some very strong opinions on passion, which comes across in what you're doing and saying. Any last words, anything that we should wrap up with that you want to make sure we talk about? Yes. Uh, love yourself. You know, out of love comes everything else. You know, if we really love ourselves, we can love others. And if we, like, love what we're doing, it just explodes. It's like you don't even feel it's a, it's a job or you're working. It's just who you are and what you do. Just love Love yourself. <laughs> love everybody around you. Well, and love and technology, right? So you actually uh, working with the artists that you work with, yeah. that you're able to actually capture their love and community together, which is a pretty powerful combination. Yeah. Well, we're human. At the end of the day, you know, we're human beings using these technologies, and love is what moves us. And I believe that bypasses any technology or innovation because we are human. And if we care about other human beings and human things and human creation, and we, if we look at it as art and we just love it and admire it, it just will grow in many ways, you know? So, A yeah. powerful thought. Thank you very yeah. much. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in innovating music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.